Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Friday afternoon. Sorry, our schedule's been off this week. And not sorry. How about that? All right. Joining me from Las Vegas, where he's covering Summer League better him than me, is Tim Bontemps. Hello, guys. And he was at the uh, game. It would been Thursday night. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr. and Paolo Bancaro, which we'll talk about here in a second. I read his story on ESPN.com today. And joining us from Dallas, Texas, banned from Summer League, Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. That's a uh, that's a ban that I'm okay with. <laughs> Self-imposed ban. <laughs> Self-imposed. I'm in the same boat. Uh, um, so the contracts have started rolling in, um, free agency started a couple days ago and the contracts started getting signed on July 6th and they started rolling into the league and then making their way to us. And, um, there's a few things that I thought were pretty interesting that is, that have sort of presented themselves as the contracts have gotten out there. And I want to kind of go over some of them with you guys. One of them that, uh, was one of the big things I think right out of the gate. Uh, I know uh, Bontemps, this is one of the first things you looked at because uh, he signed right in or he was signed right away. Um, John Morant, uh, he has a five-year contract with the, with the Grizzlies adding on to the contract that he already had, which um, was, um, you know, he's got a year left on it. Let me tell you exactly. I'll tell you how much he's getting in terms of a raise. Um, but the big thing here is, he did not get, well, I don't know if he wanted, but he, there is no um, player option on that contract. It is a straight five-year contract. And so he is now under contract to the Grizzlies uh, for six years. Uh, the new contract is uh, $192.8 million. Uh, he can get bonuses that mm-hmm. knock that up well over $200 million if he makes All-NBA next year, which if he's healthy, I think he has a very good chance of getting that bonus. Just um, made it last year. Yep. And, uh, no, uh, no option. Now, uh, this is always a big thing when we see the fun maxes doled out, uh, do the players get an option? So, you know, uh, Luca Doncic, right? McMahon, he did get an option. Well, right? and so this was something where you go back to Donovan Mitchell and the right. jazz caved and gave him the option. And, uh, Bobby Marks had the, he gave me the exact info and I've got it in my, in the story I wrote at the end of the season about the Jazz, but it, it was very rare. I mean, I remember there had only been in this CBA only a, a few before Donovan got those rookie maxes with the player option, and I distinctly remember. Uh, I think there was only three: Kyrie, AD, and PG thirteen. Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, and Paul George. And hmm, what do those guys have mm-hmm. in common? Uh, small market guys who did not finish that rookie, rookie extension with those, with those they franchises. Didn't, they didn't even get to the option. <laughs> right. Exactly. They, they bailed before the option. Right. And, and, and right. And they, they had leverage and, and got their way out of, out of there. And so Donovan Mitchell got it. And then right after that, uh, Jason Tatum, and then it, it became a trend, right? Well, Hey, if Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum got it, well, Trey Young and Luka Doncic are going to get it, and you know, so it, it kind of had it became a a trend for these guys, these established all stars uh, on on their rookie extensions. That hey, you want that fifth year player option, you're an established all star. Pretty much, 
you, you can get it. And so I have to imagine that if John ja Morant really wanted to push for it, he was going to get it. I right? agree. So to me, this is a case of, of Ja is, you know, Ja is a, in addition to being just a phenomenal player, we, we've talked about what I call kind of his Dame-like leadership, not just leadership skills, but kind of leadership charisma. Um, and, you know, he's, he's talked about a, a lot about just how happy he is in Memphis, how much he believes in what they're doing in Memphis and, and for good reason, you know, they were, uh, they were the second best team in the regular season. Um, I'm sure in Jaws mind, not that I necessarily agree with this. I'm sure in Jaws mind, if he doesn't get hurt in the second round, they're beating the Warriors and going on to win a championship, but he believes that he's got a chance to compete for championships in Memphis. And I think that uh, he's been given reason to believe that. And so for him, I, I read this as him saying, Hey, I'm where I want to be. I'm happy here. I'm fully committed. I don't need a player option. I'm going to be here with the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, to me, this was the this was the single most important thing to come out of these early transactions that Ja, um, and to a lesser extent, Zion didn't get these player options. Because you go back to that Donovan Mitchell year, he got one. As a consequence, Jason Tatum got one. As a consequence, Trey Young got one. Obviously, Luca was probably going to get one anyway because he's good enough that he's sort of going to get what he wants. But you know, it was it was starting to set a trend that we were going to yes, see guys get these players. Starting, it was a trend. It was. Right. I, I, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, will will Jog get a, a, an option? I would say I would have said yes, he will. Right. Yeah. So I would for, say, sure. Of course, everybody right. get, everybody who's that caliber gets one on on these. So games. for so for so for both Memphis and like I said, to a lesser extent, New Orleans to get those two guys locked up for five years. And fully, fully locked in in terms of no options. I thought that was the most significant thing to come out of this early round of um, transactions. So for just the reasons you guys both laid out, that Memphis is obviously in a tremendous direction overall. They look like a team that's got a chance to compete for championships. And now you lock in Ja for five years. That's a statement of intent going forward that, hey, you know, our leader is locked in here for as long as possible. Everybody else is going to fall in line beyond behind him. And, you know, it just... It's just further further uh, solidifies the fact that the Grizzlies right now are in about as good a position as you could be in the league going forward. Okay. You mentioned Zion. Let's talk about Zion's contract. That came through as well. We don't know everything about this contract yet, and I'm sure we'll learn more in the coming days. The Pelicans and Zion's side are trying to keep it confidential, which I understand. Uh, no, no, no flaws there, but the league is going to find out what it is. So, um and look, uh, this again, if three weeks ago you told, I would have believed, I believe that Zion would reach a contract extension. I thought it might take some time. It didn't take time. They agreed to it, I think, by July 2nd. Um, it did take, it did take a couple of days. And, um, you know, there was some deal points that we're going to discuss here in a second. But um, I think props to Zion, you know, Zion probably is guaranteeing himself nine figures here. So I obviously understand why he's doing it. And that those two sides had some rocky moments. They can deny it all they want. They've had some rocky moments the last couple of years and they're in a good place right now. And he's in a good place health wise. They're in a good place as a franchise. Um, I think you're, you know, you're seeing already Zion extended. I suspect by the end of summer that CJ McCollum will extend and they might get an extension done with, um, with Larry Nance too. Uh, they're in a good spot as an organization. So, uh, I think that's, I think that's before I get into the contract details, I think that's what's most important. Uh, 
Um, as for the contract, it is uh, fully geared because I know it was reported as a five-year, hundred ninety-three million dollar deal, and mm-hmm. that's what it you know it can be, and maybe it will be. Um, but the the first year, so he's got a year left on it, which is at thirteen point five million. Uh, that's the end of his rookie deal. <clears throat> then the start of the new contract is fully guaranteed, um, thirty-three point two million. Then, and as Bontemps mentioned, no option. So like like Ja, mm-hmm. no opt out. So he's now under contract for six more years with the Pelicans. Um, from 2020 in the 23-24 season, the first year of the extension, he 32, 33.2 million fully guaranteed. The back four years of the deal um, are all have what the league terms, and I'm going to get the verbiage exactly correctly. Um, salary can decrease if certain conditions are met. Um, that's how they have it denoted, which means that there are certain things in the contract that will reduce his guarantee. Um, Bontemps, this short answer is there's injury protections in the deal. That's right. Yeah, probably games played, but we don't know that for sure. Right. And it may be, um, Bontemps, how is the Jonathan Isaac contract uh, structured? Uh, this is one of those. When, when the Magic extended Jonathan Isaac to a big deal, he was coming off of an ACL injury. And they structured the contract in a certain way. How did, would you remind me how they did that? The short answer on that is that he had a certain number of of games played to be played in his deal. And if he didn't reach that games played number, that would trigger decreases in his guaranteed money going forward. So now over the final couple of years of that deal, he's down, I think seven and a half million guaranteed after the, for not this season, but the 23, 24 season then is fully non-guaranteed. In the final year of that deal, I would guess, and again, this is just a guess, I would guess this deal is going to look something more along the lines of what Joel Embiid mm-hmm. had in his second contract, which to, without getting into the details, basically Joel Embiid's career would have to have been over for him to not get paid uh, his money. Basically, they would have had to cut him like two years ahead of time to, it, it, without getting into the details. It, it was very likely when Joel signed that deal, if he was remotely healthy, he would get paid. I'm assuming that's the case here with Zion too. And I think, I can understand why it came down that way. Cause I mean, certainly I, you know, we have talked plenty on the spot and I have in particular about Zion's health, but if you're the Pelicans and in the direction they're going in, as you mentioned, it seems like everybody's in a very good place there. Now makes sense to come to an agreement with him to get him locked up. You get him on the full five years. There's no player options. I, I think that makes sense. Again, we'll see what the, yeah, and I don't the, think the Pelicans are looking to like squeeze him out of money. If he misses 20 games. What the Pelicans right. are looking to avoid is paying him if he misses two more years. Which is well, they don't the want, they don't want to pay max salary for a guy if he plays eighty-five games over a three-year span. That's which right. Is what he's That's done right. to his to this point in his right. career. That's right. Right. That's right. And look, this is. Uh, that's a huge win for the Pelicans because, in obviously, they want to keep this guy. Um, they and they want to. Uh, continue building what they have. They took major strides as an organization, despite him missing the entire season, but the guys played 85 games in three seasons. So to, to fully guarantee a max contract with those kind of questions is absolutely insane. And if you don't believe me, ask the Dallas Mavericks, they did that with Chris Tapps Porzingis and it was absolute insanity, you know, for a guy who was coming off missing, a full season and a year and a half coming off of a, of a knee injury. That that's the biggest mistake that they made with Porzingis. Well, they, they traded 
him for him while he was recovering from the ACL. Right. And then no questions asked. Sure. Hey, here's a full five year. uh, Matter of fact, not only was it a five year, it was a five year max with a player option. I mean, they gave him like, (laughs) it's, it's crazy. I did not know that. That's why you think he's picking that sucker up. Yeah. Right. And, and so obviously Porzingis can continue to have durability issues, depending on what the protections might've been. It might've been a heck of a lot easier to trade him instead of, you know, doing what they ended up doing, which is taking back two contracts. The wizards wanted to get rid of, Never mind that Dinwiddie's been very productive, so on and so forth. Again, you just don't want to put yourself in this position as a franchise knowing, Hey, this guy has been hurt more than he's been healthy. So if that continues, you just can't handcuff yourself to him. But, um, I, I'm going to give David Griffin a lot of credit, not just for, for getting this done in this way. I'm among the many who scoffed when they made the C.J. McCollum trade. Oh, okay, way to chase a play-in. Um, they were a play-in team that got into the playoffs that had a good showing in the first round, a good enough showing to where if you're Zion and you're sitting there watching that, you're saying, damn, C.J. can play. Wow. Whew. Brandon Ingram is a you know that that dude can who boy these rookies man Herb Jones is he's gonna be a, a nice player Alvarado off the scrap heap you can like and so if you're Zion you're sitting there suddenly it goes from this guy didn't even want to be in the same time zone as the franchise to dude why would I want to leave this that plug right. me into the middle of this thing and we could really have some fun as Monty Williams said during that series this is no eighth seed. To to uh, pour a little to pour a little cold water on that, I would not be surprised if the Pelicans are the eight seed again. I, I don't actually think they well, are. Non temps in France translates to cold water. Well, <laughs> and in French, it translates um, to good times and good weather, which is a use a word they use in New Orleans a lot, and they probably won't like me very much for saying that. But like, if you just go through and look, if you just go through and look at these teams: Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State. Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, the Clippers. That's that's a lot of teams that I think that's are probably better teams. than them. Like, yeah, you know, the West is hard. It, it hasn't happened yet, but I, you know, if CJ McCollum gets extended, you know, two to three years at over thirty million, I, I, I they they have, they're they're doing really well, and, and Zion likes them, but that's a. I like CJ. We'll just see. He's, we'll just see. Know. There's to me, there is certainly upside with New Orleans. Obviously, obviously Zion is just such a massive unknown after the last couple of years. If he can be back to where he was a couple of years ago and play 60 games, 65 games, that would be a huge boost to them. But I just we'll see where they're at. I just wonder if they're going to end up sort of topping out even at what they did last year well, with, C- with the competition. CJ's also, he's, he's the only guy who's probably got a chance to go above me in the, uh, in the NBA summit pickup game draft for, for ESPN <laughs> NBA group. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on if, if Beverly's working that day or would you go before <laughs> Beverly? Uh, uh, I sure don't want the, Beverly guarding me. <laughs> Utah jazz. Great. Bat Beverly. <laughs> 
You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, we mentioned the Wizards a second ago. Brad, let's talk about Bradley Beal's contract. So he opted out, so he was not extending. This is a brand new deal. And it's a five-year deal, $251,019,650 is the guarantee Full guarantee for the next five years. Got a player option on the last mm. year, um, which is a little bit different. Players on super max contracts like this tend to get player options. It's usually a different level of player, different level of uh, what he's he has proven in the league. But the reaction that people got, uh, well, there was two. One was that he got a trade kicker, 15%, which... Not something to spend much time on, but you know, not something they probably had to really give on a $250 million deal. But this was the big one. He got a uh, no trade clause put into his contract. Now, mm-hmm. getting a no trade clause in the NBA is hard. In fact, Beal is now the only player who has one in the league. There's only it's hard been, to qualify I, for one, much less get one. I believe you have to have 10 years in the league. And at least five years with their team, with your team. I think that's what the rule is. Yeah. And so Le- LeBron actually got one when he did his second deal in Cleveland, I think, because when he came back, because he, even though he, he was 10 years in the league, but he also had five years with the Cavs. It just wasn't those last five years. All he had to do was have five though. And so he did have a no trade clause. Now there are certain players who have to give trade approval. Um, <laughs> players who, uh, um, have offer sheets matched or on uh, I'm sorry, not offer sheets match who on qualifying offers or players who um, are on the second year of a contract. Uh, it's a one year contract because if you get traded, you lose your bird rights and players don't have to get. So there's a bunch of guys who can't be right. traded without their permission. Like, like when Devian George blocked the first, uh, the first trade that was agreed to to send Jason Kidd back to Dallas back in the day. Let's I don't just remember sum, that. Let's, that let's just sum this up this way. Here are the list of players who have ever gotten a player option or a trade, a no trade clause in the history of the NBA. LeBron, Kevin Garnett, Carmelo Anthony, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, John Stockton, and now Bradley Beal. I like Bradley Beal, but uh, one of those names does not belong there. Well, there's nine Hall of Famers. 
And, and then one guy Beal. who's uh, been third team All NBA once in a decade. I mean, I don't know if I want to use the word shocking because you know it's a contract, a quarter billion, quarter. Billion no, I would. Contract. I think it's fair to say it was shocking. It was shocking news when he got a no trade clause. So Ted Leonsis, the owner, the contract of- wasn't a shock, obviously. Right, like everybody expected that, but the no trade clause was definitely a shock. That's fair to uh, say. Uh, Ted Leonsis, the te- the owner of the Wizards, uh, had an interview today, and here is what he said. Yeah, Beal's press conference was Friday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because as you can imagine, this was a topic of conversation. It's not so much that they think that, like, they're going to trade him, but, like, the problem is, is if he he requests a trade at some point, like Kevin Durant, then the the Wizards have no ability to control anything. He could be traded. He gets to dictate everything. If he demands a trade, he he gets to pick the destination and then what kind of leverage do you have? Not just the destination, McMahon. He gets to pick what he gets traded for. If he doesn't like the trade, he's like, no, no, no. I want to play with that guy. I want right. that guy to be my backup of a uh, four man. Yeah, I mean, that's how him. that's how Kobe Bryant scuttled the Chicago Bulls trade because every trade involving him going to the Bulls, which he wanted to do, involved Luol Dang. And he kept saying, no, I want to play with Luol Dang. And eventually they couldn't come to an agreement. And Jerry Buss said, fine, we're just going to keep. You. That's how Kevin Garnett got himself to Brooklyn and leveraged that trade out. He only wanted to go to Brooklyn, and that was the, the deal on that one. That's how he got to Boston and not L.A. in the first place. He turned down going to the Lakers. How, what was that? Mello, uh, Mello waved it. Mello was willing to go to either. Uh, or no, Mello got it on the second deal, I think, right? Right. Yeah. Well, he had to be there five years. Yeah. Uh, but he did wave it, right? Didn't he wave it to go to... Yeah, I believe so. I don't remember the specifics of Carmelo. All right. Anyway. Um, he has to go to Oklahoma City after Phil Jackson spent a year just making life as miserable as possible right. at MSG for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, here's what Ted Leonsis has said. Quote, he doesn't want to be traded, and we don't want to trade him. Uh, we don't uh, – Ted Leonsis was asked about the – this is from Josh Robbins from The Athletic. Ted Leonsis was asked about the no trade clause, and he said he didn't view the Bradley Beal asking for the clause as a, quote, point of leverage, but instead as a, quote, point of partnership. Man. So basically, Bradley Beal is the co-owner of the franchise. I mean, and I'm just saying, I think one of the biggest mistakes you can make as a franchise is giving close to complete control to a very good player who's not good enough to be the best player on a, on a contender. The Jazz are, are trying to get themselves out of the mess they made by giving that kind of control to Donovan Mitchell, right? Not no trade, but just anything you say goes, you know, you're, you're, you're running the organization. Frankly, very similar level players too. Yeah, I'm mean, very good players, top yeah, 20 I, players. I, I, but I, but not, not point. Uh, you know, in Donovan's case, he's – Never been all NBA. He's now there have been times, including when Beal got it, that he just missed the cut. Again, Bradley Beal, very good player, a one time third team all NBA selection in 10 years. So he's some, he's like the 20th best player in the league. Well, if the 20th best player in the league has that much control of your organization, how the hell are you contending for anything? Well, well, let me ask you this. If if they're in this situation with Bradley Beal now, and he's 29, so at least the, the, the age is right. You're you're paying him for what should be prime years. They really 
they can't afford to really have a bad year or two. Otherwise, Beal's going to hold it over them, and they're going to really be in trouble. So well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think the thing that needs to be pointed out here, and this is you can say this is stupid if you want, but Ted Leontis has owned the Capitals now, the hockey team in Washington, for about 20 years. Longer than the Wizards. And right, he bought the Wizards a little over a decade ago, right before they got John Wall. And he has had two players, Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom, as the centerpieces of the Capitals for their entire careers. They've been there for 15, 16 years. They're both in their mid-30s now. And he has run the Wizards in a similar fashion to the way he's run the Capitals. Ernie Grunfeld was the GM for a very long time. He then replaced him with Tommy Shepard, who was in the front office. He's a guy who believes in continuity. He's a guy who believes in having stars stay on the team. He wants them to be involved. That's how he's operated all the way through. So am I surprised that Ted said that today about him and Brad? No. Am I surprised that Brad is still there and on this five-year deal? No. I'm, I'm shocked that Brad got a no trade cost just because of how rare they get handed out. I'm not shocked that the guy who did it was Ted Leontes just based off how he views these things. And whether you think it's a dumb idea or not, like the idea of saying, hey, we have a great player. We want to have him on our team. I can understand why they would do that and why you'd be if you were an owner in the team, be like, hey, I'd like to have Bradley Beal on my team and have him be on our team for his career. Now, if you're a fan of the team and the Wizards have won a couple of playoff series in the last 35 years, you would say you might say, hey, we would like to actually take steps forward. But I'm just presenting that as having worked in Washington, knowing how Ted thinks about things. That's the, the that's the approach they're taking here. It's like we have Alex Ovechkin and Baxter with the Capitals. We have Bradley Beal with the Wizards. And that's just the way cool. they're going to operate. Cool. They haven't won a playoff series in the last five years. They've had yep. four straight losing seasons. Um, it, you want continuity that, yeah, sure. You can continue to be mediocre. And I think you've got a great chance of accomplishing that. Well, that's uh, what I'd be worried about. You're and, pointing out like, like if they're mediocre for another year and a half, like they can't afford to be mediocre because they're so now invested and right. the, the consequences is a devastating trade. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know how they can be more all in. It's not like they're holding on to like six draft picks they can trade. It's just, um, I don't know. It's, uh, and, and let me and ask I'm not, you this. And I'm also not, I'm also not saying that if I was running the team, I would be advocating for doing everything they did. That's just, I could just, that's just how they, that's just how he approaches things. And it's, that's why the wizards are in the position they're in. They're sort of on, they're kind of like what the bucks were under the, their former ownership group under Herb Cole, which I, I mean, again, like I sort of appreciated his approach where he said, John Hammond at the time was running the team. I want us to win as many games as possible every single year. And so they sort of hovered around being a 500 team for a very long time, which is an approach I can respect, but it isn't one that's going to lead to championship Listen, level success. Maybe, maybe the Wizards will get the next Giannis with the 15th overall pick, but they're right. going to have a real good chance of having the 15th overall pick. Right. I can promise you that. Right, exactly. Um, I just like, why... Did you have to include a no trade clause? Like, I not a point of contention, but why? Like, was Beal going to turn down a supermax offer that he can't get from anybody else if you didn't include a no trade clause? It, that, that's the part that makes no sense to me. Why you did not have to do that? 
$251 million is like, you're not getting anything close to that under the rules anywhere else. So why do I got to put a cherry on the top? Mark Bartlesine is a wizard. That's why Mark Bartlesine (laughs) is a wizard. (laughs) And Bradley Beal remains one as well. Uh, you know, the, the wizards have been burned by some big contracts in their career and they're in their, you know, they got burned by Gilbert arenas. They got burned by John wall. Those were injuries, you know, give out $250 million deal. There's some skid. You think there's some skittishness there, hmm. as you can imagine. Um, a couple other little notes before we move on. Um, so for the first, I was going over these contracts and for the first time I saw 60 million on these deals. We've got our first $60 million uh, uh, numbers in the 2027-28 season, which is what Carl Towns and Devin Booker are now signed through. Both of their deals in that season crest $60 million. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's only going to go up. I, uh, I keep saying things that make me sound old. Uh, when I, when I started covering the NBA, the max deal was like 13, 13, five. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're now seeing those, uh, those, those kind of numbers. And uh, I'm just checking to see whether. Well, you know, I mean, forgetting sounding old, it wasn't that long ago that Mike Conley signed the richest contract in NBA history, five years, 153 uh, to stay in Memphis with the Grizzlies. Five years, 153 is a, is a not even sniffing, a rookie max, well, you know, one of your little fun max extensions these days. Right. So Booker, by the way, Booker did not get an opt out in that year. Um, and uh, he's now under contract for six years and $289 million. Um, Look, but- I started covering the league in 2011. The salary cap was $58 million. There are multiple players in the league signed to contracts that have a salary at some point during them. That's more than that entire number. So anyway, but right. So. But just to point something out, um, Carl Towns, um, and I think it's interesting. First off, they have the same agent, uh, Jessica Holtz, mm-hmm. uh, who did who did both deals. Booker has no option. Carl Towns, the team that just um, gave away five first round picks for Rudy Gobert, while we have no idea who was offering anything close to that, uh, gave Carl Towns a player option at the end of that <laughs> at the end of that mm-hmm. deal. Uh, if you if you need to negotiate with the wolves right now, now is a a good time to do so. Um, uh, the interesting thing, about that is Carl didn't get a player option on his initial rookie extension. You can only get what you ask for. It's true, uh, and he has got an opt out. Uh, Booker does not. Um, also, Zach Levine, uh, his contract came through. Uh, I was wondering whether he would have, you know, with his knee, um, uh, let me find it with his knee situation. I was wondering if he had any injury protection. He does not fully guaranteed, uh, five years, $215 million. And he got an opt out and a trade kicker. Uh, you know, it's not impossible that Zach Levine could be traded. He gets a 15% trade kicker which uh, major advantage to the player in that situation and the contract uh, and, and the, uh, and the opt out. So um, Levine sort of won the deal points there about temps. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the bulls clearly wanted to bring Zach Levine back and they gave him the bag other than, other than the no trade clause. I guess they, I guess that's the one thing. And I don't even know if he qualified he wouldn't for know. it. He wouldn't have qualified for it. Right. So yeah. they gave him everything they could trade kicker, player option, max deal, you know, 
So, you know, they're another team. Let's see where they're at this season. And they took, they took a decent step forward last year. Uh, they ended up in the playing tournament. Um, right. They, yeah, they were the seventh seed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm curious to see. Oh no, they were the sixth seed, right? Cause Boston was second. They were third. Um, but obviously they dropped off after the start of the year. Let's see what happens. Um, with Lonzo's knee, that's a pretty huge question mark. Right. You know, he's and he was supposed knee. to be out for he had surgery too. Right. Zach had surgery this off season. Lonzo had surgery in January, supposed to be out for six or eight weeks. He just never came back. Really have no idea what's going on with him. Um, you know, it's again, I'm the, the Bulls are another team, sort of like the Pelicans, where I get why they did what they did. And, you know, Zach's a great player. You've got him and DeMar, but I look around the East. That's a team that I think is going to struggle to get out of the play in and sort of where are they headed right now? I, I, I think that's a bad comparison though, the Bulls and the Pelicans, because there's a ton of upside with the Pelicans. Zion fair. obviously is, you know, one of the best young talents in the NBA. Clear dur- durability concerns, but talent wise, no questions. Yeah, they've Brandon got him in Ingram, which certainly certainly has upside. Jones, yep. Alvarado, and, and the stockpile of picks, right? Where the as Bulls to, are, yeah, the Bulls, picks. yeah, the Bulls have thrown all their picks in the pot already. Uh, all right. Well, before we go on, it's trivia time. Bonta. Now it's time for a hoop collective trivia. We got a great, we got a great trivia question from Stats Williams this week. In part yeah, because I trouble. answered it, I answered it right on the first guess. So I was happy about that. Uh, I've said what's on two the pod, plus two. That you could maybe struggle to get that. I would be rock solid on that one. Uh, I've said on the pod that uh, I think Paolo Boncaro is going to win Rookie of the Year this year. Um, he is currently the favorite. Played well last night. We'll talk about that on the video pod. Um, there are three players from Duke who have won Rookie of the Year. Who are they? Elton Brand. That's one. Grant Hill won a share of it. With Kevin, with Jason Kidd, that's two. I still want to see the voting. Uh, yeah, right. Ah, uh, Grant Hill, Elton Brand. Elton's the one I thought you might not get right away. That so that that's a good poll, McMahon. Who am I blanking on? Kyrie Irving. That's the other one. There you go. That's a good Boom. question from Stats Williams. Very well. Three, right. three, three for three. You're right, Elton Brand. You get special bonus for that one. That was, that was a media poll by McMahon. Impressive. So there you go. No, Good job, Stats. No, El, El, Elton had a brief tenure in Dallas, but uh, when you're around Elton, you're well aware of all his accolades. That's right. Elton. <laughs> Elton's, Elton's a good dude. We'll talk about we'll talk about the rookies more in the video pod, though. Um, I want Before we go, I want to talk a little bit about what's developing in Utah. Um, Donovan Mitchell. Why? 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 Why would they do that? Very strange trait. Why would you do that? So um, the Jazz are telling teams that they're not going to trade Donovan Mitchell. And as of now, um, I have been told Donovan Mitchell is focused on playing for the Jazz, which I think means he's not going to ask for a trade. Is that going to be the same on Labor Day? I don't know. Is that going to be the same on Christmas Day? I don't know. Um, but right now he is 
focus on playing for the Jazz. He is not going to um, react, I guess. I'm sure he's reacted, but he's not going to have some sort of reaction like that. Um, the Jazz have traded for six first-round picks, uh, or five first-round picks, and uh, and the player who was just drafted, so it's almost like six first-round picks, um, when they include the Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal trades. Mm-hmm. And they have yet to sign anybody unless I've missed something. Uh, 29 teams have signed players. The Jazz have not signed anyone. Um, obviously, you can't do a half rebuild. If they're going to totally do a rebuild, they're going to have to trade Donovan Mitchell. What the Jazz are trying to tell people, I would go so far as trying to sell, is that they're going to use these assets to build around Donovan um, uh, the way uh, Danny Ainge built around Paul Pierce when he took over the, the, um, the Celtics as team president way back 20 years ago. Uh, that's what they're selling, McMahon. What are you buying? Not that. <laughs> Actions speak louder than words, yeah. and it's not just about it's not just about the fact that everything they've done and we've talked about hiring thirty four year old Will Hardy to give him his first head coaching job at any level, committing to him four or five years, and and that's not to to say I, I I don't think it's a good hire, but it's not a hire of a team that is expecting to compete right now and immediately. Um, you know, the, the, the trade for Gobert where, Hey, they got great value, but it's not value. That's going to help you win now. I don't even think it's going to, you know, we'll, maybe they can prove me wrong and flip those picks into something else, uh, and, and put a contender around Donovan. I'll believe that when I see it. And the, the, the whispers around the league are that Danny Ainge is not convinced that Donovan Mitchell can be, the, the face of a contending franchise. Um, and, you know, the, and again, the other thing is they let Royce O'Neal go. They, in a, in a salary dump slash, you know, future first round pick uh, acquisition. That was his best friend on the Jazz before they went out uh, after Donovan Strong suggested they go out and get his childhood best friend, Eric Pascal, who they did not extend a qualifying offer to. So if you're dumping Donovan's best friends, you're hiring a coach who he's, he's got very little connection with, who's probably best suited for a for a long term rebuilding type job. Um, they're, they're very clearly, they've basically Danny Ainge has sent the message of Donovan: this ain't your franchise to run anymore. Those days are over. And guess what? If it's not Donovan Mitchell's franchise to run, why would he want to be there? Well, we, even we, even if it was Bontemps, even if it wasn't him running it, like even if you just said, "Look, the guy, a guy shouldn't be running a franchise." If you're a player in your mid twenties who's committed long term, and you see the franchise going this direction, I don't, I almost don't care what's in the past. I mean, in, in you know, in, in protecting your career, I don't think that you can sit there and just do nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think this is less about. Donovan Mitchell's career and more about the very, you know, what seems to be a pretty clear direction the Utah Jazz are taking. Like we've talked about before, mm-hmm. this is the team that's currently incomplete. They don't have a starting small forward. They don't have a starting center, right? So if you look at where they're at, they either have to 
make some moves to improve this team, to make it a potential competitive team in the West, which right now I don't even think they're a playing team as it stands mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Or you start to look at going the other direction. Like that's they're like they're at, they're literally at the fork in the road and it's, do they go left or right? They like, there's not room to run with this current iteration right now of what they and have. It's like not it's, even do you, it's not even to me. It's not even, do you go left or right? It's, do you take this turn or are you just going to stall out on the side of the road? So sure. Right. Where do you, where do you suppose, what do you think Mike Conley is thinking about right now? This isn't what he signed. Well, Mike Conley's thinking about, hmm, I, I wonder if I'm getting traded. Just like every, guess what? Boyan Bogdanovich. Sure. Same thing. I mean, we'll, the, 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 these guys didn't sign there for this, right? No. I mean, and, and like d- nobody, nobody is untradeable in, in Utah or, you know, off limits, I should say. Not now. In, in Utah, that that's very, including Donovan Mitchell. I don't care what message they send out there. Um, I, I don't believe it. Uh, and like, it, it, it makes no sense. Oh, we're all in on building around Donovan. Really? Because the last time Donovan Mitchell spoke publicly, he was asked straight up, you know, hey, there's a lot of buzz about you potentially asking for a trade. What's up with that? And his answer was, give me a week to think about it. Since then, uh, aside from some, you know, shirtless uh, IG posts and, you know. Even, and a, and you know, a white party appearance. And the, and the white party. There's no reaction to the hiring. Of, of, of Will Hardy. There's no reaction even to the departure of, of Quinn Snyder other than That was a nice sources. house they were at in the Hamptons, oh, man. It was a nice house. What, was that Michael Rubin's party? It um, was, believe it or not. Uh, a lot of NBA players there. I wonder if they talked about anything with Donovan. Um, <laughs> maybe about how he'd fit with Pat Bev. That, that was probably the discussion. Um, Definitely the only discussion. No other discussion whatsoever. <laughs> I, I'm sure when he was hanging out with Tatum, that's what they were talking about. No question. Oh no, they were probably talking about the good the good spots to hit during All Star Weekend and uh, in Salt Lake City. I bet. But let, I mean, come on. Like, let's not even pretend here. Donovan Mitchell has tried to be evasive about him wanting out of Salt Lake City when that's all anybody's been talking about for months now. Us since he really since he signed that contract, everybody was sort with of the, going, with the huh. with with the player option, yeah, yeah, yeah. which means you've got this year and two more that he's guaranteed. Then he can get out of town if he wants. He can hit free agency. It's like, and he has said the very little that he said is. You know, basically, he's as far as where he wants to be will be based on being able to compete for championships and family. Do you see any of those in in Salt Lake City? But the the reading between the lines message from Danny Ainge is, I don't give a damn what you want, Donovan. See, that's I'm, what I I think you're right on with that. That's yes. that's exactly true. I think the way Danny operated in Boston was he'll do what he has to do to protect the shield. And he got his price for Rudy Gobert. I don't think he felt like he had to trade him. He told, you know, I think the way he handled that negotiation, trader Danny had his, had his uh, saddle and, and uh, spurs back on making that deal. He was all happy to, to just do another deal that was, you know, heavy on the assets. Although what, what did they try to tell teams to the combine? Oh, we're not trying to trade any of our guys. I mean, you said it, judge them by their actions, not their words. Right. I don't um, even want to hear any of, yeah. of the spin. Just like, all right. So let's just take the jump forward here. In the, in the event that he does ask for a trade, considering what Danny has now said is the standard for what he wants for his star player, 
the New York Knicks immediately float to the front because. Well, the other thing though, if he asks for a trade, Danny can say, "Dude, I'll trade you when I want to." Like, right? Which is know, maybe one of the reasons he obviously, you know, had a week to think about this after the Gobert trade, and maybe longer, and he hasn't done anything. So he's maybe calculated that. Maybe he, he right. maybe he thinks that asking for a trade is not going to help him get what he wants. So I don't know where that leaves the Knicks. I don't know if the Knicks, you know, and I, I, and I, you don't want to be, you don't want to be the one calling, but. Well, know, and Knicks. I'm curious about that because obviously the Knicks have, you know, they have done a lot of things that have pointed to, I mean, everybody understands they've been making moves to set themselves up to make a run at Donovan Mitchell from hiring Johnny Bryant, who was, you know, his, his guys, the Jazz's assistant coach as their associate head coach, the whole CAA connections, you know, Donovan's ties to New York, so on and so forth. Worldwide West now in Houston coming and, you know, sitting front and center for the uh, the playoff opener. Now, <laughs> Jalen Brunson also played in that game. Um, but again, Allen Houston sitting right behind the Jazz's bench for that game. That, all, all these kind of things. Now that they have Jalen Brunson, though, I wonder if the Knicks Jalen Brunson are... getting a player option? Guess we'll find out. The deal's not official yet. There might be some kind of sign and trade, although if you're a Mavericks fan, don't get your hopes up for anything of significance. Um, I just, we we talked about this before. Well, that's a lot of chips in on a pretty small backcourt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, the players that Utah got back from, uh, from, Minnesota. I mean, you know, Malik Beasley's a good bench player. Can be a starter. I'm sure he may start for them. Also, um, uh, can essentially uh, an expiring contract because it's absolutely. a team option next year. Pat Bev is expiring contract. I mean, you know, if they uh, expiring want, they contract can... who can help contenders. Yeah, like say what you want about Pat Bev, he can help playoff teams. And he, yeah, you know, if you don't believe me, just ask him. He might get traded again. There's a decent chance he's going to get traded again. So he should I get would trade again. Yeah, I would rent Pat. Um, but you know, the, the standard He's, wasn't players. Pat the might be standing in that courtyard across the street from the arena. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite I don't quite think so. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. Yeah, so the Knicks have eight tradable first-round picks. The only team with more, I believe. Well, maybe it's the Jazz now. Maybe the Jazz have the only other team that's not the Jazz. I think with eight tradable first-round picks is uh, is Oklahoma City, um, who's very happy with what's happening there. Um, 
the Jet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, Buddy Cop film is developing incredibly <laughs> early here in the summer. Right there um, in Salt Lake City. <laughs> right. Um, where, By the way, Wendy was a big fan of the uh, Salt Lake City Summer League uh, logos and, and wondered why those artists weren't involved in the, in yeah. the uniform design. Bon Sam, did you see them? Like they had this really cool SLC logo on the court. Let me, and, like, let me the, look it up. Let me look it up right now. And the center court logo just for the summer league was like, this Oh yeah. Cool, they look, like, they look cool. Yeah. Sixties cool. era, like basketball logo. I was much like, cooler than the much cooler than the clip art jerseys for sure. Exactly. Like did they, did the same firm come up with both of them? What, <laughs> what happened? What happened? Uh, anyway, the Knicks they had really happened. cool jerseys before too. That's the thing. I just, like their alternate uh, jersey, the sunset those, one is one of the cooler ones the in the league. Sunset jerseys on the sunset court, like that's Utah. That you, you know, well, they've at least got the purple mountain jersey still. I think we'll see a lot of those sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, man, that's it, what, I have uh, to say, led the PR release. If you were, if you were not uh, familiar with sports, and you were showed a jersey that said Jazz on it with mountains. You would wonder what the hell people, what the, what the hell are you talking about? But whatever, we're not going to get into that. That's Zach Lowe's territory. <laughs> uh, Where were we? On temps, the Knicks have eight first round picks that they can offer in a trade. They don't have to all be in one trade, although the Jazz might try it. Um, do you think that that is something that is just inevitability, not inevitability, but we're just headed for that negotiation at some point? Yeah, I mean, the Knicks have been waiting for years to get a star player. They've been amassing assets to trade for a star player. They just haven't had a star player to go chase after. I mean, Kevin Durant is not available to them because I don't think the Nets would trade him to the Knicks if they were literally forced to. Um, I think they just fold as a franchise instead of trading <laughs> Kevin Durant to the Knicks. So, and and vice versa, to be clear. Uh, if the situation was reversed. So, uh, but yeah, if Donovan Mitchell becomes available as, as McMahon laid out, the Knicks have been plotting for this for years. They have all these connections to him between CAA and Johnny Bryant and everything else. And they desperately need a star and have wanted a star forever. Donovan Mitchell is from Westchester County. His dad worked for the Mets. Like there's all these connections that would make it an obvious fit for them. I think to go he's get building. A, I think he's building like his dream home in, in Greenwich. In Greenwich. Well, I mean, look, can sell it, a lot of Adidas when you've got that MSG machine behind you. Look, it 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 checks a lot of boxes. Now, to your point, I, you know, if your two best players in theory or two of your three best players are six foot guards, I think that's got a potential to be problematic as much as I like Jalen um, mm -hmm. as a player. And Donovan is a great player. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a team that's been desperately trying to get a star and desperately trying to get wins into the transaction games. Why? They went out of their way to do what they did to get Jalen Brunson this summer. Frankly, probably, you know, the, the contract's probably going to be not uh, a vast overpay based off the market, but they had to move a bunch of salary and picks and stuff to get that money available. And if they can go get Donovan Mitchell, I'll be stunned if they don't throw everything to can at getting. You're, you're right, just because they he is a star. Now, again, I think he's closer to the 20th best player in the league than you know, then the first hadn't been all NBA yet, but he, he's, he's an established young all-star. Well, who, just look at what happened the last time a guy like this was available, which is Carmelo Anthony, right? Yeah. Who was like a guy that really wanted to play on the Knicks when he was available, the Knicks moved heaven and earth 
to go get that guy. Yeah, and he's and he's a more meeting with Carmelo is healed by canceled. God, one of the, one of my favorite moments of the two thousands, or two thousand tens or whatever it was. Oh my God, Prokhorov. Oh my God, just what an amazing moment. But hey, we're talking about getting Donovan to New York, and you know, we have mentioned Wendy. I, I believe. This is when those fingers were up in the air. I think that was one of the thoughts that was running through your mind is three-way Donovan to Brooklyn. Now well, that's true. Would I mean, have to head out. And the, there's a the lot one of thing, pieces. The one thing is Donovan and Ben Simmons can't be on the same team. So Donovan and Ben Simmons would have to get traded for each other. That's a clean trade if Utah was willing. Yeah, or and Ben Simmons if, would have to get traded elsewhere in a separate deal. True, but I don't like the chances of Dude, that. Dude, Ben Simmons and Utah would be hilarious on – a thousand different levels. But let me just say, like, wouldn't wouldn't it actually be like kind of good for him? It's a developmental team, and there's be, be no pressure. He might be the most despised NBA player in Utah, though. I mean, going back to really just because remember the whole. Okay, the the most despised NBA player who's never been employed by the Jazz, maybe I should say. <laughs> but remember, remember the whole, the whole rookie? I, I said might be. Damn. Remember the whole rookie with the question mark sweatshirts and that whole that whole campaign and that whole beef, Donovan versus, uh, versus me, Ben Simmons. And then you know Ben Simmons versus Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year and all kind of the slander going back and forth. And you know, there's just a lot going on. That, Let me that, just say, bad. of the places that have venom for Ben Simmons, Utah ain't first. <laughs> that is also so, true. So uh, I don't know, but yes, obviously the Brooklyn situation would be interesting. You know, in a in a three team trade, especially if the Jazz are prioritizing draft picks and the Nets are prioritizing players. Right. Um, the question is: Is the timeline going to be the same? Um, as you know, if if the Nets are, you know, if if the Jazz are can are content to let this play out and Donovan's content to let it play out and the, and Durant gets traded first. It might not make sense that having, having said that, if, if there's a team that needs to acquire Donovan Mitchell to send him to, to, to Denver, I'm sorry, to, uh, to Brooklyn to make it happen. Right. You know, that, that could be an impetus for things to happen quicker. It could, it you could know, go both ways. And, and the other thing, Danny Ainge, obviously he, he doesn't care about, sentiment or feelings or i mean he'll he'll do what he thinks is best well would he, do, would he do a deal with miami that's the question well we talked about the the danny ainge pat riley history and the you know tell the official press release of tell danny Ainge to shut yeah. the bleep up or whatever um but yeah just to just a total hypothetical here um what if the pacers want to trade for donovan mitchell and what if what if they're willing to you know they they've got a ton of cap space, so they could make it uh, you know something interesting there. They do have some young pieces, I assume. Unlike the Kings, they would make sure Halliburton's off the table. They've got picks, so on and so forth. So, would the Pacers be willing to take that kind of a risk, though? Because you're getting Donovan and, and immediately inheriting the hey, he's not going to want to be here very long. Problem, but boy, a, a Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, backcourt would be awfully intriguing, especially considering he those does are two have, guys that Rick Carlisle desperately wanted in the draft back in the day. He does have three years on his contract, so right. 
it's not, it's, you know, you would have some control. The short answer is no. A team like the Pacers isn't going to trade for Donovan Mitchell. It's not going to Well, happen. it would. So is Danny Ainge, despite, hey, I'll do what I want to do. You know, we'll do what's best for us. Is he limited then to only the major market franchises for Donovan Mitchell? Well, I mean, listen, one of them is the Knicks, which have a billion draft picks. So, like, I mean, you're limited by your leverage. And Danny's leverage is he has a star player if he decides to trade him. And the Knicks are a team that desperately wants a star. So, if you look at how the Rudy Gobert trade played out, I don't think there were a ton of teams that were willing to pay a heavy price for Rudy Gobert. Now, I would argue probably more teams should have been. I think he was a little undervalued in the marketplace. But clearly, he did not have the overall market that would have merited getting five first round picks. All it takes is one team that really wants to go all in and trade for him. And there will be plenty of teams. that will be interested in a guy like Donovan. And I don't think Danny Ainge will have any trouble getting the leverage he needs to get a trade that he wants to get. Would Boston be interested? Um, I could maybe see that. I mean, I, a Boston conversation wouldn't be for Donovan. A Boston conversation would be, would they be interested in Kevin Durant? No, I wouldn't say that. I could see them being interested in potentially going after a guy like Donovan Mitchell. I, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, well, you're, you're talking about, you know, whenever you talk about Boston, you're bringing up Boston because of the connection there, right, uh, McMahon? I'm just well, it's just it's Boston another a, it's also a, another East Coast team with a bunch of talent and they still have a bunch of picks and, you know, in theory, a place that Donovan would I mean, be potentially interested in going. Danny Ainge attended go to the white party in, in the hand. I mean, he's played. So. He's played on the elite. You know, we always talk about Team USA. He's played on Team USA with all the Celtics guys: Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, you know, he's Danny in the same Ainge, draft class as Tatum. Danny Ainge attended a Finals game wearing Celtics gear. Yes, he did. Now, obviously, the man was involved with the Celtics for thirty years. I'm not saying he he doesn't pull for the Celtics, but good, good Lord. What a look. Um, I would be very hesitant to break up what I had in Boston. Well, all I'll say is to go back to my man's original question, the jazz, if the jazz decide to make a Donovan Mitchell trade, they'll have plenty of leverage and they'll get, they'll get a haul. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, We shall see more interesting things to come. When we talk to you next week, we'll have full summer league in effect. We've seen a little bit of summer league so far. We're going to save some of that for uh, next week, but uh, thank you for the collective podcast. Thank you to McMahon. Thank you to Bontemps. Thank you to Bruce and Jackson, our producers. We will talk to you soon. Adios amigos.